0: It's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a dead cast, the A C C C A S T, Cause I said it, it's a deck cast, it's a deck cast, it's a dead cast, Deathcast, the C C A S T. You're listening to DATCAST, produced by students of Danville A Community College. And now your hosts, Kaya and Keith. Yo, 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 it's Kaya and Keegan here from the basement of the clock tower.
1: Here on DacCast, we get to know the familiar faces we see all over campus in hopes that students at Dac and members of the community get to know each other a little better.
0: With that being said, we are here with uh, Kelly Johnson, the Director of Health Information Technology here at Dac.
1: Hi, Kelly. Hi. How are you? you? Doing okay. Freezing, but okay. Yeah, it is pretty (laughs) cold out there. Okay, so introduce yourself and tell us what your role here at DAC is
2: and kind of what a normal day looks like for you. Okay. Um, my name is Kelly Johnson. I'm the Director of Health Information Technology. Um, so what I do is um, I'm responsible for taking um, any incoming students, they're taking care of their information, all of the administrative stuff having to do with the program. Um, you know, it's just kind of the... Keeping the whole thing together, um, and it's an awesome, awesome place to be. I am so happy to be here, and um, I also do teach some of the courses as well. Currently, I'm teaching um, two of our uh, one one of our first year students' classes, and then one of the second year students' classes as well. Um, so, pretty much, um, I, I kind of feel like I'm the mom of the program. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good role for me, because I've got four kids, so I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. So, take us into a little bit of your background. So, we've talked before this, and you said that you're from Florida, and you're definitely not used to the cold temperatures up right. here in the Midwest. <laughs> so, take us through where you went to college, and how that experience was.
2: Well, um, I kind of came here really roundabout, um, so I... Um, I am originally from Florida. When I was younger, um I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but eventually I decided on a healthcare career mm-hmm. and um I Where I lived in Panama City, Florida, at the time they didn't have an ultrasound program. There was an x-ray program. And the only way to get into ultrasound, which is what I decided I wanted to do, was to start with x-ray and then branch into the specialty of ultrasound. So that's what I attempted to do. Um, I wound up um, getting pregnant with my third... Child, I think, in <laughs> <end> the process, <laughs> and kind of derailed that for a little while, but um, came back to it because by the time um, I had that child, my my son, my uh, youngest son, um, the college there, the community college, had opened up an ultrasound program, so I went directly into that program. Okay. Um, it was awesome, and uh, I loved I loved my community college experience there. Um, from there, it just the it just sort of like the floodgates opened. I, I continued to pursue more in the healthcare field. I got my bachelor's degree in radiology at uh, Midwestern State University and then from there um, I decided I enjoyed education as well so I got my bachelor's e- equivalent through the education preparation, pre- preparators <laughs> Educator Preparation <laughs> Institute at that same community college. Yeah. If you, it, it was an awesome program. Um, and then from there, I just continued to, continued to pursue my education. Um, I was in the clinical side of things. I decided I wanted to get into more of the administrative side. So um, I pursued my master's degree in health information, um, information management and informatics. And uh, worked in that field for a while um, and was just, Trying to figure out a way to, um, I was also at the same time teaching um, kindergarten through twelfth math and science, and so I I had education, I had health informatics. I was like, how do I put these two together? So I started looking for jobs that um, I could do both, teach what I love, and so um, this job came available just at the right time, and so I I put in an application. It was mid COVID, so everything was done through Zoom. Um, They did invite me here on campus back in June of 2020 to tour the campus, and I just fell in love with it. And I just love community colleges anyway, but when I got here, I was like, I love this place. Yeah, yeah, it was great.
0: So what is it about community college and, like, this small school aspect that really draws you to it?
2: I just – I feel like it is – one of the most valuable things that is offered in a community because it it makes education and careers available to people who might not otherwise be able to pursue it. I'm I am a recipient of that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I I was a, I was a single mom, and I I wanted to be able to take good care of my family. And so I pursued yeah. um, an education through community college. I could. There was no way I would be able to afford a university degree at that point. Yeah. Um, so. I've seen it in my life and many other people's lives, um, helping people to be able to to get their um, whatever their their dreams are as far as education and their careers um, started at the community college level. And then from there, I mean, you can go anywhere. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's sort of like, I don't know, I just, I believe in it. And it's, it's just a wonderful thing to get to be a student in, but then also to be an educator as well. Yeah. You said it was you lived in Florida. Mm -hmm.
1: Midwestern University is in Texas, right? Right. Um,
2: Tennessee or no? Yeah, University of Tennessee was my master's degree. Okay. Alabama? (laughs) Right, yeah. I've kind of been all over, um, but now those were online. So, Midwestern State and University of Tennessee were 100% online. Okay. So, um, I lived in Panama City, Florida and got my online bachelor's degree from midwestern state university in radiology then um at the local community college which is gulf coast community college in panama city florida that's where i got the bachelor's equivalent um, educator preparation institute um and then from there i did my online master's degree at university of tennessee which was on, that was online as well um then I can tell you how I wound up in Alabama. That was <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> uh, we all my kids were born in the panhandle of Florida where Panama City is. Okay. It, that that area. We had no intentions of ever leaving. I'd been there for 35 years or something. Oh. Then in October of 2018, Hurricane Michael wiped Panama City where the east side of Panama City and then over to Mexico Beach wiped it out. Just a category 5 catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Um it's impossible to like fully explain the devastation. It was um, everything that you you know are used to is gone, including trees. There are no more landmarks. You don't know where you are. Like yeah. it, it just it was just basically flattened. Uh, the places where we used to go for like our beach trips there were just foundations left, and there were canals in that area, and I thought, wow, where did all of the the building material go? Like, where are the roofs and the walls? And they had a a little drone go in and fly over the area, and they got really close to the canals, and you could see all of the building material was down in the canals. So all of the, the structures had been just blown into those canals. So anyway... As a result of that, the school where I worked and my home were destroyed in Hurricane Michael. So we just kind of temporarily moved to South uh, southern Alabama, which is just about three hours west of where we lived. Same climate, same beach-type atmosphere. Um, it wasn't where we chose—we didn't—you know, we weren't like, hey, let's move to Alabama. It was yeah. kind of forced. But in all that change— it kind of pushed this decision as well. So I kind of, although it was a horrible catastrophe, something good did come out of yeah. it. Because I was displaced and I was like, well, hey, everything's changed. I may as well make a change, you mm-hmm. know. So I, it gave me kind of the courage to, to do something like move four states away from where yeah. <laughs> yeah. where I was. So.
0: so between Texas, Alabama, and Florida, mm-hmm. which one do you like the best?
2: Um, wow, well, that's a hard question. <laughs> Northern Alabama is beautiful. Really? It is okay. truly a, a beautiful place. That's just at the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's, it's a, it actually has a change of seasons. Florida has its beauty. Panama City Beach, Florida, I don't know if you've ever been to the yeah. Panhandle. That white sand there. I mean, yeah. the, the Emerald Waters, gorgeous, yeah. beautiful. Um, and as far as Texas, I've only visited there because my school was online. But now I love Illinois. I have to say, yeah. I know a lot of people are like it's that's, flat yeah, and that's like, but it's <laughs> a strong thing to say. <laughs> yeah. It's just really cool to me because my whole life I've been in a place where there are no seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see the change of colors in the trees. We don't see we, snow is an absolute never ever. Like one time since I lived there. Um, it, it had a light dusting of snow back in like 87 once yeah. for a few hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so here at least there's a variety of seasons and, you know, um, I, I love it up here though. I mean, maybe it was just, you know, because it's different. It's so different, but, um, I really like this area. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Just wait until March when. At 2 p.m. it'll be snowing and then 2 p.m. next day it'll be 68 and sunny yeah. and you can go on a run. It's crazy. You can have all four seasons in yeah. one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah,
2: it's
1: bad. Um, I did want to say something, though, is that you were talking about Hurricane Michael mm-hmm. and the destruction and all of that. And I actually went down to Panama City, Florida, to do hurricane relief work Wow! in fall of 2019. Wow. And so you describing that stuff, I, I saw that. Mm. I mean, I I saw it, what was it, a year after? Mm -hmm. A year after. And it's just insane to see the destruction that was still there. It it was. And, you know, you were displaced. And there were so many people that was displaced from their home. And I met so many homeowners who couldn't live in their house because it wasn't livable. Yeah. You know, they were living in RVs in their front yard Mm because that's all, you know, they could do about it. And it was, you're really right when you say you can't describe it whatsoever and what it looks like.
2: Yeah, it was it was a life changing experience for a lot of people. A lot of people, and it kind of opened your eyes too. To when you see catastrophes like that happen around the world, you know you hear about monsoons and tsunamis and other places in the world, and um, and just how it destroys people's lives, and, and then it's there on the news for a few days, and then it's gone, and yeah. it's out of exactly. your mind because yeah. it's not on, you know, it's not on your news program anymore. Yeah. But but those people are going to probably be changed for the rest of their lives. And exactly. It's it's truly uh, the the magnitude of the, the this a, a category five hurricane. Um, my mom's house; she still lives there. Her exterior wall a branch only about maybe two and a half inches in diameter it had been flung at such force that it actually pierced the exterior wall in her house oh my goodness I I mean it was just incredible and so uh, during the recovery period you know I had to leave she was still there and we got to talk from time to time because the cell service was terrible for a Mm -hmm. while but I said mom what you know how are you doing and she said you know so I don't get depressed when I go outside I just look up at the sky she was like, the sky's still pretty. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just like making me think back on my... Yeah. My hurricane. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I went and did another hurricane relief trip exactly one month after Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas. Oh, wow. And so... There's a big difference between seeing something one year after versus one month after. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine seeing it one day after, yeah. 30 minutes after. I- we,
2: we had to go back in um, to try to help recover people that we couldn't get, get in contact with. I mean, yeah. so everything was was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we went back in the, the day after um, – there it it, not only was the landscape completely changed but every entry point to get into the county there were tanks and armed guards with machine guns and it looked i was like where where are we (laughs) where because there's a huge air force base that um they actually considered almost a total loss um i don't know if you've ever heard of tyndall air force base but that it's a huge air force base right on that sits right on the gulf of mexico and um You know, you think of of the destruction that happened there and why they would feel the need to protect that area because everything was completely open. Like, you could just walk into the base and walk into any Mm -hmm. office you wanted because the things that were normally there to protect, you know, intruders, all that was gone, you know. So it just it kind of humbles you too, when you realize that, okay, we think we have things under control, <laughs> but in three hours, it was three hours, everything's different, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah
1: okay, on another note, um you said you have kids, right?
2: Yes, I do. I have four um my two oldest are grown and married um they they still live in Florida, my son, my oldest son um he lives in Panama City Florida um he was affected by the hurricane but um his life wasn't totally turned upside down um but he um he stayed in that area and he really loves it there um he has a very good job and got married and so he's got a nice life there and I'm happy for him he's so far away though <laughs> but then my my oldest daughter lives in Gainesville Florida that's where the University of Florida is and her and her husband um actually are um the representatives for a global company um that is uh, actually based in mainland China and oh. so they have um lots of great experiences they travel all over the world i get pictures from them well pre covid yeah um they'd be in iceland or germany or austria or i mean just all over traveling for that co- the, their wow. company so mm-hmm. i'm super happy and proud of them too and then my two youngest still live at home with me. They're actually both DAC students. Um, oh. My youngest daughter is 17. She just finished her first semester here. she got straight A's. <laughs> and then um, my, my uh, son that lives at home, he's 18, and this will be his first semester at DAC. So. And we, we love it here yeah Yeah, Yeah. I love (laughs) deck so do you still get
1: to visit florida i mean obviously maybe not now so much
2: i haven't since we've moved to illinois but i am planning a trip to go back and visit my my mom um in in march or maybe beginning of april whenever our spring break is um but after the hurricane and we did go back a few times and uh just you know just see family and everything and um it's uh I'll tell you what, that area of Florida is truly, it's called the world's most beautiful beaches, and it, it really, really, truly is. It's yeah. the, the beaches there are, are just amazing.
1: It's hard to wrap my head around um, being able to, like, call a beach home, like going home, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. going to go yeah. take a short walk to a beach. <laughs> yeah.
2: it, is, it is interesting because it's, it is a tourist. It's the tourist mecca just about of the panhandle, and so um, at certain points in the year, you know your life is just changed because especially during spring break you know yeah. it the whole face of that place changes so really? yeah because everybody that's in college you know goes down there yeah. Yeah. so the, the so it's, it's snowbirds you know the older crowd from the north and from Canada and then suddenly in March you know it's just like crazy it, it's
1: crazy <laughs> i would only imagine yeah mm-hmm. just yeah. like stock up before we're not <laughs> yeah. going out this don't month. go don't go out <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay and then you said let's see did you work in a hospital i did, did you, uh, yes I mean, because
2: I failed to mention that, that about my ultrasound career. I actually was an ultrasound tech for about 10 years. Yeah. And um, I worked in the hospital as well as the private physician's office. And um, that was a really great experience. I had some awesome experiences with ultrasound. So I, I love the patient care side of healthcare. care. Um, health information, of course, is behind the scenes what we do still affects people's lives and in some ways you could even say saves people's lives because you know we're we have to do with the res- uh, the, the data that's used for research in like finding cures for things like covid that's mm-hmm. what health information does but then when i was an ultrasound tech you know you're hands on with the patient mm-hmm. so there's there's uh, beautiful aspects to both parts but um as an ultra ultrasound tech i, I remember Not long after I got into that field, after I graduated from school, I had this crazy experience where, you know, like kind of a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I had a patient come in that didn't have symptoms of pancreatic cancer, but I followed the protocol that my instructors had given me and found that this patient had early, early early-stage pancreatic cancer. Wow. So um, because I followed the procedure, she was able to go in and have a partial, um, what's called a Whipple procedure, mm-hmm. and um, she beat the odds because normally pancreatic cancer is a is a death sentence. Yeah. But she was because it was caught early. She was able to have that Whipple procedure done, and she's still alive to the last of my knowledge. She's still alive today. Wow! So yeah, that was a great experience. But <laughs> I but it taught me a lesson. Like you know, when when we're taught um, procedures to follow. Like, it's so important, like, you know, to follow those procedures and to, even though you, you know, sometimes we want to maybe free will something or whatever, following procedure is so important. And and that, I feel, probably helped to save that lady's life. Yeah, Yeah. But. That
0: must be awesome.
2: Yeah, it was a great experience. That's
1: pretty cool. (laughs) Can you see any um, similarities or big differences between working in a hospital versus a college? I feel like that's a really big jump.
2: Um, yeah, there are definitely differences, but you know, you have customers in any field that you work in. So if you're working in healthcare, your direct I mean, customers are patient. But then when you're working in education, your customers are students. Yeah. Um, so you you learn you need to learn certain skills for both. And um, I totally believe in you. Put the interest of your customer first, mm-hmm. whatever that customer, whoever they are. Sometimes, you know, even in both fields, you have external customers and internal. But always trying to put the needs of others before yourself is going to result in the most positive experience. So I'd say in healthcare and in education. You know, putting the needs of others first, that's what's going to result in the... And, and you're going to feel good about what you do, too. Yeah. You know, anytime we do that, we, we feel good about what we do. The people that we're serving benefit, and then we benefit. So, yeah. yeah. The golden rule, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so correct me if I'm wrong.
1: It's Kelly Johnson, M-H-I-I-M-R-H-I-A. Yes. A R R T yes R
2: <R-T-S-2> T yes V S yes. V-S. yes Could you break that down for sure. us? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that is not like a Da Vinci Code or anything like that. That <laughs> that is um, so. Um, Masters of Healthcare Informatics and Information Management. Okay. That's the M H I I M. R H I A is Registered Health Information Administrator. Okay. A R R T is American Registry of Radiological Technologists, and then R T is radio- radiological technologist. S is for sonography, and then V S is vascular sonography. So. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: That's yeah. a lot. That's kind of like that whole thing with Texas, Alabama, yeah, and exactly. Florida. And, it's, and they're all related to one of those letters. <laughs> yeah, very true. That's very funny.
1: true. <laughs> Did I see somewhere where you got a degree
2: of some sort in earth and space that Science is actually, yes, a, that, that's actually my teaching when I did the teaching certificate, yeah, you know, because what, what, the reason that the college offered that was Florida suffered a severe lack of qualified K-12 through teachers. So what they did is they had this program open up um, for anybody with any bachelor's degree. It didn't matter what it was in. You could get your, your actual Florida teaching license to do K-12 through wow. as long as you went through this program that the college offered. And so um, because my, my history had been in science, it was health science, it was still science, I chose to um, first pursue earth space science as my K-12 teaching licensure. Yeah. Then from there I went into math, which is actually my, one of my passions, in addition to health information technology. So, yes, I have my teaching certificate in earth space science and then also in mathematics.
1: And have you taught? K through twelve at all?
2: Yes, I. I, In fact, the school where I taught in Panama City, it was a high school, uh, fantastic high school. Um, We we served underprivileged people in the area. It was a it was a a public high school, but it was a charter, and we the uh, principal was a genius. He developed an alternative um, uh, approach to academics for. Um, basically the students that didn't thrive in a conventional classroom so um, we this amazing program that was set up in this high school it was uh, we had um, it was really credit based more so than we, we didn't have you know the freshman sophomore junior senior it was credit based okay. anybody could get in and um, it was for students that we had students that had had issues problems with the law um, things where maybe they were, had issues with the classroom behavior or whatever, they kind of funneled to us. Mm-hmm. We had amazing graduation rates, though, and they're still, and they, they rebuilt, so they, they did make it through the hurricane. But um, every year our graduation rate either doubled or close to doubled because wow. so these were kids that they were not going to get their diploma. They were going somewhere else and probably not somewhere good but we kind of intercepted in their lives and were able to serve them and and the changes that happened in these kids' lives was amazing so i I taught math and science there at the high school and, oh. but i I also taught I've also done some K through 12 teaching online as well and um mm-hmm i love it i love teaching i feel
1: like you've done so much like you've done a little (laughs) bit of a lot of things yeah which is pretty cool
2: yeah i guess you might be you know like is this a multiple personality going on here
0: (laughs) (laughs) so at that school i feel like to really make a difference in those kids lives you have to get to know them on a personal level and relate to them a lot and we've heard that you use that same strategy here yes so why do you do that here still
2: um, well, I think that's just what, what everybody should do all the time. Like, yeah. you know, get to know the people that you're working with and try to understand people on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always best to assume the best about everybody and um, try to be empathetic. And, um, you know, I, I believe in the servant heart, you know, um, making, making myself available and trying to instead of making my students bend to what I want, figure out what they need, and tailor things to them. Um, and and the only way to know what they need is to get to know them. Yeah. And so that's, that's super important. And, you know, that's what we're striving for is to um, I, I take care of whatever it is that people need and, mm. um, you know, do that in a way that's personal too. Um, when people have good experiences in education, it just continues to foster growth. And um, when they have bad experiences in education, though, it stifles. So wow, um, yeah. Yeah, the idea of, you know. <laughs> She's preaching. <laughs> She's preaching over here. <laughs> yeah. So we don't want to stifle anybody. We want to encourage growth. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: So what aspect of DAC kind of stands out from your previous jobs that you've had in school in?
2: I am so impressed with the the – the diverse experiences that are available here for our students. When I saw all of the the different things that are available, like I, I still am not completely comprehending the eSports thing. I want to know more <laughs> about that. but but just in the building where I'm in and Mary Miller, I, like when I started exploring, I was like, oh, there's a dance studio. Oh, there's a racquetball court. Oh oh, oh my goodness, there's something there's, there's all these amazing, Um, experiences and and then also, you know, trajectories that are available to our students. And it just seems like there's this endless well of of resources available for our students. I have not seen that at another school. This school is unique in that way and, and what it provides for the students. And I'm really really happy to be here and like I'm, I'm, I'm you know as soon as I have more time I'm going to try to investigate even more and find out more in particular about esports. Yeah so.
0: we, we have a guy that uh, we can hook you up with. Yeah exactly <laughs> we know someone.
2: <laughs> Who is that? Guido. Oh Guido okay right there the in the next program. room. Oh right okay thing. cool cool. Yeah, so.
1: <laughs> so what are some of your personal goals for your career? I mean you've done so much. In your life thus
2: far, I mean, what do you have planned for now until forever? Well, you know, coming here and kind of taking uh, the position after Marcy Wright, she's now the full-time instructor. She was the program director. Um, She really just set this program up for success I mean it's been successful and I just want to continue in her footsteps and keep pushing forward with what she's already developed and um I have learned so much just since July since I've been here about um about taking on this role and, um, what it means and how much it's helped so many people in the past. And I know it's going to help more people in the future. So just continuing what the program is doing and, and trying to, you know, expand it even further. Um, and just being the best I can be in that role and, you know, walking in, in her footsteps as much as I can, I won't be able to fill those shoes completely, but hopefully one day (laughs) that's one goal I have. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I just want to do do a good job and support DAC and be, a, a really like I am a DAC cheerleader. I've really I've gotten just so much from this experience so far, and truly believe in the school and believe in our program. <clears throat> so just continuing to support it and do my best to you know make it known. Yeah, mm-hmm. of
0: course. <laughs> we are now going to move on to our rapid fire segment called DAC Attack. Attack
1: that's it dogs or cats dogs
0: mornings or evenings
2: mm, evenings music or podcasts music
0: sweet or savory Let's see, okay, that's <laughs> <the song.
2: laughs> see i'm on a low carb diet so i need to say savory but i want to say sweet so sweet, sweet. <laughs> tv or books books
0: high tech or low tech
2: high tech you didn't
1: seem too sure about that. One. <laughs> Summer or winter?
2: <laughs> Where? Florida or Illinois? <laughs> uh, yeah, that general. is a good question. Uh, probably winter. Winter? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um.
0: Beach or mountains? Mountains. Really?
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm. I've. I've had my fill of beaches. Oh.
0: Okay.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm. I want to live in the mountains when I'm super old and die there and be buried there. Perfect. <laughs> so you do have a plan for forever. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to add that. <laughs> yeah. Mountains and death. Yeah. <laughs> eat in or dine out? Um well right now we, we can't really dine out, so yeah. I guess eat in. Yeah, very true.
0: Uh, Midwest or the south?
2: Midwest. I think <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs>
0: I
1: think she's Yankee. Yeah, I'm, I'm
2: stroking DAC right now. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: thank you for being here. Yeah, I mean, being awesome. here with us today, but also being here at DAC. I mean, I think you're you're going to be a
2: you're you are a great asset to the school, and you're <laughs> yeah. just thank making you. it a little bit better. Thank yeah. you. I'm I'm so happy to be here. Really proud to be here. So yeah, exactly. thank you very much.
1: Well, we enjoyed having you today.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you guys
1: for listening. This has been the DAC Cast with Kaia and Keegan.
0: Stay classy, Jaguars.